Hi everyone, it's Stephanie. Welcome to Warfare of Art and Law. This bonus episode features an excerpt from a conversation that took place during a Second Saturday Art and Justice online gathering. During these monthly calls, the aim is to discuss art, culture, and social justice. And if you're an artist, how to envision and create art that's geared towards social needs that speak to you. In the following, Barrister Alan Robertshaw shares a bit about a few cases in the UK that dealt with art as protest and free speech, and the government's approach to its colonial history as seen with problematic statues and names of buildings. I was just trying to find, um, I was just trying to Google a graffiti case because uh, I had one where it wasn't so much art, it was at a protest. Um, um, I had a client who graffitied the Old Bailey as part of, um, it was was actually an animal rights thing, but it was all part of the Extinction Rebellion protest. It was at the same time. And we tried to run necessity as a defence to say, well, he he graffitied this building to draw attention to the fact that there's you know an animal crisis an ecological crisis an environmental crisis etc and therefore the defense of necessity applied and that's you know it, it, under english law necessity is something that would normally be a crime isn't a crime if you do it to prevent a greater wrong uh, and, and that was the idea and uh, we were spectacularly unsuccessful both on first instance and appeal at the first court though because my client um, he rather brilliant. We, he lost at the first thing, and then the first thing he did at the other because he got taken to a different court to be prosecuted for the graffiti at the Old Bailey. And after he lost that, he went outside. And he graffitied that court as well, and we've got some fantastic photographs where the police suddenly realise what he's doing. But he's graffitiing away, and the police are just looking, and then they suddenly realise and have to jump on him. Um, so yeah, so we, uh, we we ran that, but I'm trying to find there was one case. Um, where somebody was successful in, um, the, 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 and we think it's because it was dealt with in the magistrates' court, which is they're not professional ju- judges; they're three just lay people who sit, you know, from the community who sit. And we think that that's why they may have been an easier target because there might have been some local sympathy and thing. But that, that so that's not really, really graffiti. Well, I suppose you can you know you can argue anything art, of course. It was a piece of performance art the second time because you can see where the graffiti tails off as he's being dragged away by the police. So it's not right, and you see his pain trail disappear down. So I suppose that is that is art as protest very, very directly. I mean, in terms of all the free speech thing, we don't really have a problem here. But artistic expression has always been something people can get away with. We have the Sex Pistols case here where they produced the album Never Mind the Bollocks and they were prosecuted under the Obscenity Act for using this word. And it was actually um, John Morton who wrote the Rumpel books defended the Sex Pistols, well, the record company. And they were able to show that bollocks was a, a word that's been used in regular English since, again, the, the Middle Ages. So they were, they were, they were acquitted on the grounds that um, it was just a regular English word. There's issues around what, what in my day we used to call no platforming, showing how old I am, but it's now called cancel culture in certain areas of the press. And the government are bringing in a law, although they're imposing like a, a university ombudsman who can sort of say, no, no, you must uphold free speech in universities. And of course, you know, one person's free speech is another person's hate speech. It all gets very, very complicated. But it, at the moment for... 
culture war reasons, the government are actually promoting, quote, free speech, although it tends to be free speech they approve of. You know, if somebody topples a statue, they very much disagree with that. But, if, but you know, I mean, that, that's the big thing as well with decolonialisation. And, you know, what do we do with some of our more problematic statues and, and names of buildings? Although that all went very strange because there was a building named after a particular person with a dubious slaveholding history and they put it to the locals who lived in this block and said, what do you want to do? And they said, well, nothing because we don't want to change all our addresses on our Netflix accounts and Amazon. And they said, no, no, we'll, we'll pay for all the admin. Like, oh, brilliant, brilliant. And they said, here's a list of fantastic people and this is a building in the heart of the black community and you're all, you know, this is your, here's famous local black people. And they actually voted for Park View because they wanted a name for the building that made it sound posher and up the house prices. <laughs> Which is, you know, I mean, it's it's all very interesting and complex and how they do these things. But yeah, in, ter- in terms of the art, art has always been a part of pro- protest here. And we have that, you know, even from just the banners that people do on demonstrations and things like that, you know, some of those can be quite funny. Uh, There's the, the most British one I ever saw, which I think it was either one of the Brexit ones or something, where so, there was one that said something, like, I, you know, I'm not really one for protesting, but come on. And then there was another one that sort of said, I quite disapprove of the government's handling of this policy. <laughs> that was the, the most British banner I've ever seen, because it was just like, I, I quite disapprove. I don't totally disapprove, I quite disapprove. If you'd like to join an upcoming Second Saturday... Or if you have questions, comments, or suggestions for a future topic, you can email me at stephanie at warfareofartandlaw.com or leave a voice message at 1-929-260-4942.